Welcome back. Thank you. I have landed back on firm ground in, <laughs> in England. And uh, welcome to episode eight of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And with me, Josh Betley. Well, I'm a bit sad this week because obviously we've had to endure international football. Uh, there was nothing to endure about last night. It was well, a great evening. We will get on to that. Um, but, so, uh, just a disclaimer before we start, Josh. I want you to put into your brain the feeling that you had on Saturday after Friday night's game with Croatia. Um, so, so England drew nil-nil with Croatia on Friday. and uh, But I want you to get in that mindset because I, I, I want you to talk to me how you were talking to me on Saturday night about Friday night's game. Because I am going to have a bit of a... A, a bit of a go here, but the first thing I want to uh, the first thing I want to talk about is um, the game was played behind closed doors. It's the first time England have ever played behind closed doors. Um, it was really really weird watching it on TV. Um, Do you not think that like why are England getting punished for Croatia's? Well, <coughs> the whole thing was meant to be that obviously Croatia were getting punished, but they wouldn't have got any door revenue from the game. So they yeah. were cutting off that income stream, even though they got money for the TV being there. And um, But I, I see exactly what you mean. Like, I think to create even a tiny bit of atmosphere in the stadium would have been would have been great. And it they're trying to, like, replace the friendlies with this Nations League mm-hmm. thing. And uh, by having no crowd there, it was just... The game itself was woeful. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, think Southgate had any intention of winning that game. He didn't set up to win, really. I don't think. I think he was happy with a point. Yeah. Well, and, and in hindsight, it's worked out brilliantly. But I mean, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't have put money on us beating Spain last night and drawing with Croatia after drawing with Croatia. Um. Yeah. Odd. Well, he, he started 4-3-3. We've been banging the... Well, I've been banging the drum for 4-3-3 for ages. Um, I think he started Stones and Maguire in defence. Walker at right back. Chilwell at left back. Chilwell had a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we think of 4-3-3? Yeah, good. Yeah. Our, our strength, certainly with like a lot of young players coming through. I watched the under-21s on Thursday night. Yeah, they were great, you know, 7-0. And we've got some scarily good players yeah. who are, like, quite young. So, when I watched the under-21s <coughs> game, just a general point on, on England in general, which is why I can't see that Southgate's playing five at the back, is that I think we sh- we have really, really top-quality players going forward. Mm-hmm. But I think at the back, we lack... Um, we don't have, like real quality at the back like we do going forwards if you know what I yeah. mean yeah like exciting quality yeah like we it's do, like I, I oh, mean it's Harry, hard to get excited about a defender anyway I mean we but, tend to get excited about centre backs that are willing to like put their head in front of the ball when it's yeah. 10 centimetres off the ground but we've not got like a Sergio Ramos figure no, like no. J- John Stones is like a poor man Sergio Ramos isn't he yeah but I have to say I, I really liked um, the 4-3-3 first half was diabolical. I I have to say, right, we we as slating as I was on Saturday, uh Friday night and Saturday about this game, um obviously having no crowd there will affect the players. It'll be weird. Mm-hmm. Um Kane hit the post and the bar in the first half. Uh Rashford missed a whole host of chances. Um but what did you think of uh the Eric Dyer, Jordan Henderson, Ross Barkley midfield that he put in place. Um, <clears throat> we're both very ill. Yeah, yeah, we're both Commitment a bit groggy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> I think with what he wanted to play on Friday, he wanted his holding player to be able to drop back in between his centre halves and make a three when mm-hmm. we're in possession so then the fullbacks can bomb on. And I don't think. Henderson can't play that role because oh, yeah, the thought of Jordan Henderson dropping into the middle of a back three gives me 
nightmares. Uh, well, he can, he's only ni- got one person to pass backwards to. <laughs> it gives there, me more so. nightmares than my worst 11. Yeah. <laughs> which we'll get onto in a bit. Um, I think the me- Southgate's main aim on Friday was to stop Croatia's midfield three. And I think they did that. I think he's happy that they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, Croatia don't lose at home in general. Um, so I think there are things to be excited about. I don't think going forward that um, Dyer, Henderson and Barkley's like the first choice three. So if you had, if you had, sorry to interrupt, but if you had all of the available England players on top form, well, just all the... I mean, he doesn't pick players on form anyway. So if you had all the available England players, who would you be playing in that position? Uh, in those three spaces? If the centre, if the holding player's got to drop back into the back three or not. Because if he's got to drop into the back three, it has to be Dyer because none of our other centre mids have played in defence as well. well I, I, personally, I just think he needs to trust the defenders a bit more. Yeah. I know we're playing Croatia, but... <sighs> It's a, it's a, like, he's not playing. Like when they had Mandzukic up front, I can see mm-hmm. why you would do that. But yeah, they weren't yeah. playing Mandzukic. They were playing uh, Kramaric, I think they had up front. Um, do, do you really need to play three at the back against yeah. Kramaric? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I think it was just a shape but, thing. Okay, so if you were if you <clears> were gonna <throat> if you were England boss and you said and you were told, oh, I need to play four three three. Who are you playing in your midfield three? Um, I think Hendo in the middle. Okay. Because um, I think with no crowd in, you could hear who was chatting on the pitch. And like, he's got his limitations as a footballer, but I think his his leadership qualities are quite valuable for quite a young team. Yeah. Because I mean, it's scary to think that he's our most capped player. Oh, he's really? been to four major tournaments. Yeah. Um, sort of, I think it's him, Walker, and Sterling are like the three most experienced players. Wow. Um, yeah, Hendo sitting, and then it's it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Because you think like players like Lingard and Deli Ali don't really fit into a three. Yeah. Um, certainly, I mean, Lingard showed he could sort of do a job in the World Cup, but Deli Ali, that's just not his, not his remit at all. I think a player that is a a go-to pick for Southgate when he's fit is Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah, that's exactly what what I would say. I, personally, I wouldn't be playing three as in a flat three how he's been how he played it uh, on last night and on uh, on Friday. Um, I I would play two, which mm-hmm. would be probably I know it's gonna pain me to say this. It's gonna pain me to say this. Jordan Henderson and uh, and Oxlade Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. In that, firstly they they play together at Liverpool makes yeah. sense, and then you would play. Then you've got options in that number ten. Um, you've got like your Allies or Lingard or uh, Madison, Madison or Lallana. whoever Lallana. I wouldn't go that far, but um, you, but yeah, you're right. Um, so I, I just think that I think against maybe against the better teams, you play the you play that flat three mm-hmm. um, however saying that um, we'll get onto Barkley a little bit later I think like it kind of will work having that three because Barkley plays in that three at, yeah, yeah. at Chelsea so um, but we'll see um, I think it's definitely something to uh, to carry forward I mean how many 100%. how many teams win the World Cup playing three at the back Zero. as you know Brazil did in 2002 Shut up! Don't listen to me. Yeah, to but me. it's quite a for me. Yeah, but they had Roberto Carlos and Cafu and Cafu, and, and then the they had side. Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, and Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. So, it, although they did have a central midfield of Gilberto Silva and Gilberto Cleberson Silva was class. and Cleberson. Oh, Cleberson, <laughs> shit! But Gilberto, Gilberto Silva was Arsenal have not had this like uh, a player like Gilberto Silva since he left the club. Yeah. And it's been of detriment to them. He gets a lot of hate. Yeah, he does. But he was a great player. Um, so as I say, Kane hit the bar and hit the post. We'd have won um, money if he'd have scored that header. Yeah, I know. Fucking bastard. Um, I think it was Dyer that hit the post, not Kane. I th- was it? Yeah. From the corner. All right, well, across, yeah. Kane had a, had a, had a chance. Um, 
Rashford missed two really, really good chances. Yeah. Um, but Kane hasn't really played too well in the last few games. Is there a call for Rashford to be playing up front, do you think, instead of instead of Kane? Because person, Personally, just before you answer this, personally, I don't understand why Harry Kane is still playing for England. Mm-hmm. Because he's not because he's shit, because he's not shit, and he should be in the starting eleven, but because he's played so many games in the past I don't know, like in the past like three years, he's like continuously played. Give the give the lad a break. Yeah. Give the lad a break. And like it's I think it is showing now. His form for um his form for England has been like kinda of poor. He won the golden boot, but I mean he he wasn't he was he took a lot of penalties and he wasn't that good. When we got to the knockout stages, did, I don't think he scored in, in knockout if it wasn't a penalty, uh, did he? He scored a penalty against Colombia, but that was it. I and, and I also think that Rashford out on the wing is a waste. I'm not like a huge fan of Rashford. I'm not mm-hmm. like, oh my God, Rashford's like the best player in the world. I'm not a Man United fan, basically. Um, but I would say that his position is through the middle as a nine and for him to have long-term success, he's going to have to play that role. And so why Mm -hmm. not, now that Vardy's not there, surely the natural replacement for Vardy would be Rashford? Yeah. Um, Kane played really well last night. We're not talking about last night. We're still at Saturday, Josh. Still at Saturday, but he played well last night. (laughs) Um, I think Friday... Friday's game I think he's wanted to play because we've got quite a few quite a few nece- not necessarily first choice players involved like if you look down <coughs> look down the subs bench like there wasn't that much experience you could bring on I think he's probably just gone gone for as an experience to line up as you can get in sort of a hostile atmosphere admittedly there were no fans in the ground um, but I think like he's Kane's his captain so I feel like he's going to yeah. start more often than not. Uh, I would definitely say, I think the next round of matches we've got, one of them's a friendly. So I would definitely say Kane should not start that game. Yeah. Um, That's USA, isn't it? That that one is USA. I falsely advertised it this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Rashford can do a job out on the wing. He's quick. He's quite tactically disciplined as well, which a lot of centre forwards when they play out on the wing don't sort of have. Yeah, I think certainly with this squad there was a lack of alternatives for of players that have like Rashford's got yeah. thirty caps. Who else was in the in the squad that was a out and out striker? Welbeck, but then he pulled out injured. But then Welbeck plays on the wing for Arsenal. Yeah, I'm talking like. Jamie Vardy yeah, there wasn't type striker. Anybody. So then he needs to Southgate now needs to find options to play mm-hmm. if Kane's injured or if if Kane because if we go to the Euros and we just use Kane, he'll have had a full season for Spurs under his belt, and then he'll be going straight into the tournament. I'm not, I'm not sure that he because he I think he proved it in the World Cup like he he. Sh- he was like we needed another option in yeah. the World Cup when he wasn't playing, and I think that's where like Vardy didn't really get his chance at the World Cup mm-hmm. to like show that. And I think he is he is retired or like semi-retired, whatever he's done, mm-hmm. because he's like, well, what's the point in me going sitting on the bench for like eighty-five minutes and then coming on? Like he, he wasn't even playing in the friendlies. And actually, I watched quite a few highlights from when we first went to that three at the back system and actually Vardy was the centre forward that we lined up with more often than not because Kane had his like little run of injuries yeah. and actually that system suited Vardy better than it, it suited yeah, Kane. Yeah I think it does because it you don't Kane is like quite a workman like mm-hmm. striker um, for Spurs the rule suits him because he can come and sit deep get the ball play it off and then he can go in the box. He's Whereas, like a modern number nine, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He's he's like a tra- he's he's more of like a traditional striker than mm-hmm. anyone else. Whereas Vardy likes to play on the shoulder, likes to get in behind, which is sort of what because he's got no one really like he's just got the um because he's got someone next to him, especially when it's like Sterling, like you can turn and, and run at the defenders and the balls are gonna come over from mm-hmm. the defenders. Whereas I think like Kane doesn't play like that. He's not, yeah. I, 
he's not quick enough to play that role. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an interesting debate. I'm glad that we went to 4-3-3. Um, and I'm glad that Kane played well last night, which we'll get onto. But also, I, I think that Southgate needs to stop going to those go-to players at the minute and he needs to... Yeah. Um, <coughs> just on Jadon Sancho, he he came on for, I think it was like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, what did you think? He's the first player, sorry, to... He's the first player to be born in the 2000s to play for England. Yeah, How that's old a, does that make you feel? Yeah, that's a bit scary. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought um, in the sort of 12, 15 minutes he was on the pitch that he was our most sort of exciting player, which yeah. didn't really say much about what everyone else had done. Also, the pitch was awful, yeah, the pitch which was probably didn't help. Terrible. Do you not think there needs to be like a minimum standard of one pitch and two referees? Yeah. What is the grading of pitches, though? Do you do it on, like, colour? Or, like, do Length, you get a spirit Length level of up? blade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to go through and measure yeah. every blade of grass. Um, I just, I don't, like, I get that, because we talked about the pitch at Spurs last week mm-hmm. being just horrific uh, at Wembley. Uh, obviously, like, it was a different sort of surface on uh, on Friday in that it was more that someone had come with a massive shovel and just dug up the pitch, which was like, they were harking back to 2008 and they wanted Gary Neville to like pass the ball from the mm-hmm. skybox. Um, I don't know how you like, I know what you're saying, but I don't know how you sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just annoying. Maybe we just, maybe we need, the our thing, next guest needs to be uh, um, a groundsman. A groundsman. We'll have to go find one. Yeah, that'll um, have like zero views. I the think. thing, it, it's harder with a pitch. The thing that annoyed me with the referee was like, after like four minutes, Henderson's made his first tackle and he's been booked. Yellow card, yellow card, yeah. And it's like, it wasn't even like, the Croatian made the most of it and like got him booked and it was like, I mean, I, d- I don't know if what the standard of refereeing we're used to in the Premier League is a bit different to everywhere else think, in the world. And I think that probably is the case from having watched like German football quite a lot. It's funny because we um, we complain in England all the time about, like, oh, that tackle was really soft. And, like, back in the 80s, you could, like, break someone's neck and not get it, not, not even be a free kick. Uh. Um, but we, our refs, in terms of tackles like that, are quite lenient mm-hmm. and... Uh, I mean, I'm not. I think referees in the standard of referee in in the UK a, across all leagues is horrendous. But um, I think oh, my belly's rumbling. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I think the standard of refereeing across all the leagues is is horrendous. But I don't think there's ever that like UEFA chat with all of the referees to say yeah. this is a free kick and this isn't a free mm-hmm. kick. This is a yellow card, and like. Obviously, every situation's different, but I think because the leagues are so different now, you have England where it's quite like um, it's fast-paced and there are t- tackles like that flying in quite a lot. Whereas in Spain, it's all like tippy-tappy and and there's there's not many of those tackles or like standing tackles. People don't go to ground very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say like it's quite similar in Italy. Um, so. I just don't think I think you're right there's no like st- there's no like um, continuity throughout the referees yeah there's not like a thing. universal training they all get trained individually by their nations or whatever yeah yeah I just thought it ruined the game a bit yellow cards after like three minutes yeah. for no- no- nothing challenges yeah well I mean we've done well to talk about that shite for 20 minutes um, as you say John Henson got a yellow card and John Stones got a yellow card, which meant mm-hmm. they missed the next game, which was against Spain. This was last night. Um, Josh is still excited about it for some reason. Got my uh, England shirt on. He's got his England shirt on. Uh, it finished 3-2 to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is um, the first half versus the second half, really. England were three up uh, at half time. Thanks to two goals from Sterling. Pigs were flying. Uh, and a goal from Rashford. Um, I've got some stats for you. 
about last night. Go on then. It was the youngest England team in the 21st century. It was since average 1959. Age. Average age. Average age of yeah. just over 23 years. And uh, our first goal, 17 passes, and it involved all 11 members of the team. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was Sterling's first goal in just over a thousand minutes, I think. Uh, no, just 1,102 days and about 1,800 minutes of football oh, for wow. England. And That's three was, years. Yeah. So let's start with the first half then. So um, it started off with Spain creating some good chances. Mm -hmm. um, probably should have been ahead. Yeah, um, definitely. Made the luckiest save I think I've ever seen. Um, and then we make, what was it, the first goal, 17 passes. Um, Sterling gets through quality finish it was hilarious right the first like 14 passes are all just like sideways and yeah, backwards classic and sideways backwards and it just goes like back to Pickford who just like launched it forward yeah I mean it was a great pass from it, Pickford that, yeah. that is why he is England's number one we will talk about Jordan Pickford soon <laughs> um, yeah so Sterling scored a what was a quality finish um for me, this shows why he should be playing on that right-hand side. Yeah. That's exactly what he's been doing for City for, for a year and a half now. Um, what do you think about Sterling? Yeah, he's a winger. Well, no, he's an inside forward. Yeah. No, wingers don't really exist anymore. He's an, he's an inside forward. Um, I think this is what the benefits of having Kane in the team are because he, he assisted second and third goal, but he made the pass before the assist pass yeah. for this goal um, and this is why I think Rashford is good out wide because he's good as an inside forward as well whilst I'd say he probably is a centre forward he has the ability to play as an inside forward yeah. that pass that he makes like if he gets it slightly off each yeah. way either goes to the keeper or it gets cut out um, and that is that is how England should that first half should be the blueprint for England against yeah. the better teams on the counter attack Rashford, Kane and Sterling are going to scare people. Like, Definitely. Sergio Ramos won the best centre-halves in the world and he was he was made to look average yeah. three times. Yeah. Um, Rashford's goal um, was a goal that he... was a, like a chance that he'd missed mm -hmm. on, on Friday. Um, again, we'll, t we'll talk about Harry Kane for a little bit. Um, he his assist for that goal was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a really good game on uh, last night on Monday, um, but he's not scoring. No. Do you think? Because he had chances on Friday and he had one or two chances last night. Um, we've touched on this already, but how long then? Just to just to cap this conversation off, how long do you give him? Before you um, say you need a rest. Well, he's undoubtedly England's number one centre forward, yes. isn't he, at the moment? Yeah. But that's also because there are sort of a lack of alternatives. I mean, I think it would have been very easy for Southgate to pick Sturridge in this squad because Sturridge has been doing the job that he needs in the England squad at the moment, which yeah. is a centre forward to potentially come off the bench. Yeah. But Sturridge is notoriously a little bit lazy, doesn't sort of track back. Um, so I think the next sort of four or five weeks will be very interesting. There's certainly a chance for a Callum Wilson to, I can't yeah. think of anyone else, to put their hand up and say, pick Glenn me. Murray. Mm, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Um, Try Deeney. But that, just, just no. <laughs> just no. If we're playing 4-5-1 four, four, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Recall Milner and people yeah. like that. Um, Certainly, I think against the USA, we should start with Rashford through the middle. Yeah. Because we play the USA before we play Croatia. Uh -huh. So I'd play Rashford through the middle. I think it's a perfect opportunity to give players like Sancho and Madison maybe a start. Um, but yeah, we do need to sort of explore our centre forward options. You mentioned Madison there. Mm -hmm. um, what is the point in calling these players up I know it's to get them in training and you know, blah, 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 okay but what is the point in calling them up if they're not even going to play a minute Madison for me deserved to play he should have come off the bench on Friday yeah. this is why I don't think Southgate was that asked about winning because he made one change and actually in the second half we 
we dominated the. I'm not going to say we dominated the game, but we <coughs> dictated the flow of the game. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't much flow of the game. It yeah. was like watching paint dry. But um, he was playing Henderson. <coughs> he was playing Henderson and Dyer. He could have brought Madison on for Barkley, gone to a more four-two-three-one. Yeah. There was only one team trying to win that game, and that was England. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think last night was necessarily the right game for him to be playing because we had barely any of the ball um, I think tactically I don't know what he's like tracking back because he's more of an yeah. a- offensive player than a, yeah. he's not a central midfield player is he no um, so intre- I think he should have definitely come off the bench against Croatia based on how the game panned out yeah. uh, it's difficult to know where he'd fit into a 4-3-3 but maybe we might see in the next set of games we try 4-2-3-1 and that will yeah. be sort of more his bag Um I suppose bringing him into the camp this week, if Southgate's plan is to use him in the next set of international matches, it's better to have brought him in this week and see what he's like yeah. rather than bringing him in next time and then playing him and realising actually he's just like not cut out for international football. Do, do you think we'll see against the US, do you think we'll see uh, um, a heavily rotated squad? Yeah. Um, so we'll see the likes of, maybe not this team, <coughs> but uh, Alex McCarthy in goal and Madison in the 10 and... Sancho on the left and Rashford up front and uh, maybe like a Mason Mount in the midfield Chalibur and Mount that. maybe yeah. um, Winks as well I think maybe um, Butland in goal because yeah. I don't think he's our second choice keeper but he's not got that many caps yeah so I think I mean how often does your third choice keeper play in a tournament I think it happened in the World Cup, didn't it? Once. Yeah, once for uh, like Saudi Arabia or yeah, something like that. But not very often. Um, so, and if we had all our goalkeepers available, would Alex McCarthy be our third choice keeper? No. Because no. you'd have Heaton and Port probably ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, tricky. I think Butland will start that game. Um, I think Chilwell will start that game. Chilwell yeah. was, has been quality, by he, the way. He was... On Friday, he was the best player on the pitch. Do you think as well that sort of Maguire-Chilwell combination down the left? Because there was so often it would just get knocked out to Chilwell, knock it inside to Maguire, and Chilwell's gone, and Maguire just picks him out yeah, down the yeah. left. It's um, I like that sort of... We, we've spoken about it before. I like um, when... If a team's doing well, so Leicester are playing quite well at the moment. Um, not amazingly, but they're, they're playing okay. Um, and I like to see like the clumps of players in yeah. the squad from the teams. They know how each other play. Southgate doesn't have very long with uh, with the squad, so to pick players that know how to play with each other, which is why I think Henderson, um, which is why I think you, when you said Lallana in that number ten, and you you playing Henderson and Oxlade Chamberlain, maybe that is going to be the way that they they play because. They play together at Liverpool all the time. Mm-hmm. Here's so, a thought. Here's a thought. England are playing a team like Spain last night. And if we had them available, do you not think Henderson, Ox and Milner yeah. as a midfield three yeah. in that system against a Spain, a Germany, a France, a Brazil would be the perfect workhorse. midfield. Milner's a workhorse. I think he was always played out of position for England. He's not a wide midfield no, player. But... Will Southgate ever get on the phone and ask him to come back? No, because I think he his philosophy is youth, and I think he will commit to that. And I think you know sometimes you be a little bit. But uh, the problem I have with that is that you can turn to youth, but he's called up Mason Mount Mm -hmm. in this. He hasn't played him, but if he called up Milner, would Milner have played in these games? I I would probably probably say yes. So, fact so, about Mason Mount, he's on. been involved in something like 17 of the last 19 goals that have been scored. Whether he's been playing for under-21s or Derby, uh-huh. he's been involved in 17 of the last 19 goals that have been scored. It's impressive. It's impressive. I'm not too sure yeah. what type of a player he is, though, because I've never seen no, him play. But bo- I think he's a box. I think he's box-to-box. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Milner needs to be in that squad. And and Southgate, for some reason, loves versatile players. Like Even though we played what we were going to be playing seven games at the World Cup, he still played like a whole team. 
that could play in all different positions. So mm-hmm. if he wanted to give like Rashford a chance and goal or something, he probably would have. I've got another um, stat for you about last night as go well. On then. England won and had no corners. They had no corners at all. No corners at all. Well, that'll be. I think that's a Spain tactic because they know that we're quite decent from. I was trying to find when the last game was when we didn't have any corners and I couldn't. Really, the DL. Um, on to the next goal, which was Barkley. Um, as we round off our first half. Uh, Do you mean Barkley, little boy? Uh, sorry, which was um, Sterling. But yeah. Barkley's pass mm-hmm. for this goal was quality. I was reading on uh, on the BBC live feed last night. Someone was saying if that's if that's a Fabregas who makes that pass, if that's a Tony Kroos who makes that yeah. pass, everyone is raving about that pass. Yeah. But uh, it was a quality pass. Yeah. And I think you can tell that he's been training around top players because yeah. he's picked that out. I wouldn't say Barkley for me has the ability to go missing. Yeah. And I think definitely. in these two games. I wouldn't say he's gone missing because you've seen his application from minute zero to minute 90 or whenever he came off last night. And that's what I think England teams of the last 10, 15 years have been lacking, that application when actually it's not going so well. Yeah, totally. He wasn't trying to hide. He was still trying to get get his uh, boots dirty. I'm not going to say hands dirty because you can't use your hands. John Joe Shelby does that every week, but whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, let's move You're on. You're never going to let that one no, go, I'm, I'm are never. you? Uh, one Do you know the, what? Actually, he would be good in that system. Yeah, he would be amazing in that system. And you know, like, uh, Just a shame Ollie, he was shit. on the podcast a, a couple of... <laughs> That's a joke. We're going to have to end the podcast there for a fight. Um Ollie, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, was saying, like, what does John Joe Shelby need to do to get in this England team? And, 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 and people like Chris Waddle and uh, Ian Wright and that banging the drum for Shelby to be in the squad F- for me we didn't talk about it last time on the on the pod but like when we were talking about the England squad but um, I think now that I- I'm, I'm just going to draw a line and say Shelby's never going to be called up for England again so okay. next time the squad comes out if I mention John Joe Shelby's name we'll post edit a beep when I say John Joe Shelby's name okay. but you are right he would be perfect in this in this system mm-hmm. he's the balance between a Henderson and a Barkley. Yeah. Andy can pass forward. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, before we move on, I've got my little piece that I've done some research Okay, on. go on then. I'm excited for this. So, I spent <coughs> about two hours last night collecting this research, and okay. I my opening question for you is, do you think John Stones and Harry Maguire could become the new Rio Ferdinand and John Terry? How many word answer do you want? I've got a lot of stats here to okay, back this okay. up. So, but you can... Yes. Yes. Do you not think they are... Harry Maguire, for me, is in the mould of John Terry, Tony Adams, Terry Butcher. You can see him World Cup quarterfinal with bandage round yeah, his yeah, head. Yeah, totally. I, I, the reason I think they work really well as a partnership is because Maguire is that sort of player. The chalk um, and cheese. He's, yeah, he's, he's going he's gonna to fucking deck you, basically. Um, but he can he, play. He, he will but punch he can someone play. in the face, and yeah. I really like that. John Stones is um, like, like on the flip side of him is like is a great ball player. Um, he is willing to get stuck in, but he's not gonna he's not gonna like um, break your ankle. Whereas Harry Maguire would break your ankle to stop you scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. Stones wouldn't do that, but he is like. I think for me, John Stones is like up there in one of the best centre backs in. Uh, he's a Rolls Royce of a centre half yeah, isn't he's, he? he's brilliant um, and the, his improvement under Guardiola has been second to none and probably he's the only player that's improved more under Guardiola is Sterling but um, sorry my, my watch is going off um, I would say it's because you've not mentioned Shelby for three minutes yeah well, it actually is yeah <laughs> do you know who I think would play really well at centre half <laughs> John Joe Shelby no um I, I really think that um, like that partnership is, is quality. Give me some stats to prove so, me wrong. Ferdinand, no, no, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I, I completely agree. Uh, Ferdinand and Terry played together for England 34 times. Okay. England won 22 of those, drew five and lost seven. So there's a win percentage of 65. Do we know who those seven were against? Were they against like Brazil? Uh, I would be able to tell you, but I've not brought that info with me. Do some research. Um, Two hours, pathetic. um, (laughs) Yeah, they were in general good teams. 
um, conceded 19 goals in those 34 That's nothing, games. Is it? I have taken into account as well when they were on the pitch together in a friendly and then one of them got taken off and if England conceded after that, that wasn't counted okay, against yeah, them. Cool. Uh, clean sheets, 18 wow. in 34 games. Okay, question, just to interrupt you there. Question, mm-hmm. who was in goal? Was it? Did this vary? Is this like... Yeah, vary. So it was from between... David James Between, yeah, Scott from Carson. David James... Chris Kirkland. Uh, David James and Paul Robinson okay. were the main two. And Rob Green. Chris Kirkland. Um, total minutes played together for England-ish, because they're give yeah. or take stoppage yeah. time, 2,632 minutes per goals conceded, 139, which I think is pretty impressive. Yeah. So they basically, two out of three games is a clean... Uh, no, they're conceding two goals every three games. Okay. Which is pretty decent. Yeah. As we flip that, Stones and Maguire. Stones and Maguire have played a bit more in a back three, but they have played together in a two yeah. now as well. Played 14, won eight, drawn three, lost three. The first five games they played together, they didn't concede a goal. Decent. Win percentage of 57. Goals conceded nine. So clean sheets, eight. 57% wow. of those games. Total minutes played together, 1,223. Minutes per goals conceded, 136. Yeah. So it's a pretty close comparison. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. Um, Holt Maguire's still quite young, isn't he? He's like 24, 25. Yeah. Um, Stones is about the same age. That is going to be, I mean, they, they won't reach their prime until the next World Cup, probably. Mm-hmm. And then I think I can probably see them, uh, along with maybe like a Joe Gomez, maybe coming into. Um, like getting into that category of being mm-hmm. like England's I think Gomez can fit in for either of them as well depends if Southgate wants to be I think we had this conversation the other night depends if Southgate wants to play that back three or not mm-hmm. um, which obviously I, like I wouldn't advocate him doing that but if if there was going to be a third player in there I wouldn't put Walker in there he, but, he did um, change to a back three last yes, night did, halfway yeah. through the second half but I think that was because we didn't have anyone on the bench that had any caps to come on I think he'd have rather bought people on with a bit of experience yeah. because we were defending that lead we'll get on to talk about just a, a question I want to ask you before we move on to the final few things um, after which is about that sort of thing but uh, I just want to talk about uh, the second half so we sat deep mm-hmm. um, this is for me this is classic Southgate tactical ineptitude mm-hmm. um, he did the same against uh, Colombia I think it was in the World Cup yeah um, he it invited pressure and then for for some strange reason Jordan Pickford thought he became Ronaldinho <coughs> and uh, and just I, don't, I can't even describe what he was doing have you seen the interview with him after the game uh, yes, but well, I wasn't really listening. So he was like, I was going to play a pass up the middle, but then they cut it off, and then I didn't really know what to do. And then they asked him if he thought it was a penalty, and he was like, no, because I got an elbow in the face. Yeah, of course. It, it was the <laughs> most blatant penalty red card I think I've ever seen. He's basically giving him a little hug. I don't know why the striker hasn't gone down. Rodrigo, Bolton legend. <laughs> Played about three games for us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know why he hasn't um, why he hasn't gone down there. Um, Great tackle, though. But that you you said to me last week um, that Pickford's distribution is wise in the team. I think you're right. Uh, the the first goal, as you say, Pickford's ball up, brilliant, whatever. But that is what he can do. Mm-hmm. That is why uh, I think I was saying it about Allison as well. Allison for Liverpool has been caught out this season doing exactly the same stupid thing, right? Trying to overplay. Just kick the fucking ball out. Yeah. Like literally the first thing you learn when you're at school and you're playing football and you're in a team, if the ball is anywhere near the goal and you're not sure what to do, fucking just, just kick the bastard away. Yeah. Like I don't understand... Rose-ed. But th- this is why I dislike Jordan Hen- uh, Jordan Pickford and Jordan Henson, but Jordan Pickford, because 
he just makes fucking stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. He can. He, he was so lucky. He was so lucky yesterday. Like it was his day. Yeah. Because the the first half kicked the ball came off his head. Like he, I don't know what he was doing. Have you seen it back in slow motion? That that save that he made. Where he is that like across the really early on where it's like the ball like goes straight up off of his yeah 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 and it's so it's like basically an open goal and he like he doesn't even make an attempt to save it he just sort of like he just sort of fell over and it like hit him and went out and I was like what the fuck England are gonna England are gonna win yeah um, and then obviously he didn't get sent off he's like made a few he's, he, he made uh, a save on Friday which was like where they were like look, I fucking hate commentators on Sky but they were like Oh, what a save by Pickford! It's like was it the one where the bloke just like mishit Cram- it and he Cram- just caught it, hit it into the floor, and, and he just caught it. He's like ran across the box and caught it, and they're like, "What a save!" And I'm like, "Are you fucking serious, bro? Like that wasn't a hard save to make. No, the, 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 all the pace has come off the ball, and like this is it annoys me. Like I'm, Pickford is England's number one, but I think it says a lot about the goalkeeping situation. Do you think? It's a bit telling that he's not benefiting. Um, there's too many knots in that sentence. You can tell he doesn't play for a top six team. Yes, because he's not having the exposure to like big games. And big I don't pressure. think he will ever play for a top six team because he's too. He's too prone to mistakes. Yeah. He's a good goalkeeper. He is in the top ten goalkeepers in the Premier League. But. He makes too many errors. Yeah, and like classic English keeper, basically. And it's just—it's so that that on last night was ridiculous. Like he, he should have been sent off. And you know what? I kind—I kind of like wish he'd been sent off, just because maybe it'll teach him to stop being a fat, like being a fucking. He's just a fucking idiot sometimes. <laughs> you might Jesus. get in trouble for that. <laughs> I don't mean it in that sort. Of, I just mean it's a. It's just the way he was like. Basically. No, it wasn't a penalty. I got an elbow in my oh, dish. He's just such a tit. Um, alright have you got anything else to say on those two games no I just want to talk a little about Nations League in general um, you we, see Scotland lost to Israel last week by the way I did yeah <laughs> um, there's actually been no decent games uh, there's a good game tonight uh, I think it's uh, France Germany yeah France Germany Holland tonight. Netherlands beat Germany 3-0 last yeah. week um, Ireland against Wales tonight but yeah that's the game I want to talk about Um Netherlands beat Germany it's their record 3-0. victory over Germany yeah it's never happened before uh, winning 3-0 um, even when Aldham scored fuck Memphis Depay scored they were at home um, to be fair they were uh, let me just find it was, on, was it on Saturday um, uh, it was either Thursday yeah. or Saturday Saturday yeah so Van Dijk opened the scoring mm-hmm. uh, Depay scored and when Aldham scored is this like a sort of after Germany's World Cup exit, are we going to see another like overhaul of the German national team? It's tricky, isn't it? Because they have a lot of players that have done so much for them. But it's always knowing when to sort of transition them out. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're looking down the Netherlands team, and I think a big bugbear of like the Netherlands in the last ten years, because they've underachieved in the last ten years. They got one World Cup semi-final, but they've not made it to quite a few tournaments. And quite often, you look down their team list and go, "How are they not getting to a tournament?" But I think similar to what England had when they had the golden generation, they were just fitting all these players into a team without them fitting into a system. Whereas you look down their team list now, and actually, there's quite a few players that you'd be like, "Really." But actually, yeah. they're now fitting into a system. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, I, I I think that Germany, they they need to get over the fact that they won the World Cup in 2006. They need to... Do you mean 2014? 2000, what am I thinking of? Yeah, they need to get 2014. Because <laughs> you know, the, the World Cup was in Germany, I think. Yes, correct. Yeah, they need to get over the fact that they've, they won the World Cup in recent years. And like they need to start calling up like the younger generations, and I think mm-hmm. it'll. Uh, I think they have great players. Sane I think they suffer because they don't have a centre forward. Yeah, I'm trying to they've, think. I can't even. They've think. not replaced Miroslav Klose. 
Mario Gomez has never really done it. No. And uh, Timo Werner's just he's young, isn't he? He yeah. doesn't have the experience. He'll, he'll get there, I think. He's a he's a good striker. I was looking down their team list and Neuer, Ginter, Boteng, Hummels, Hector, Emre Chan, Kimmich, Cruz, Muller, Uth and Werner started. Yeah. There's quite a few players on the bench as well that like are new to international football, so I mean, they're always going to be there or thereabouts in tournaments, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, other than that game, there was nothing really... Uh, I think I put on our uh, Instagram story last night, um, obviously Northern Ireland lost to uh, Bosnia. Uh, the first, I think it was the first goal then. Quality The second defending. goal, maybe. Um, yeah, he just... The ball... It's He's not so even funny. slipped, has he? He's just no, fell he over. just fell over. <laughs> it's really funny. If, yeah. if you haven't seen it, uh, watch With it on Gavin our Instagram White. story or, or find it was it him or was it I'm not sure else? I'm not sure <coughs> he's a fucking that. idiot though Jesus, Jesus. Um, okay so I just want to talk a little bit about um, this was a debate that was raised on uh, 6 or 6 that I was listening to the other day uh, and I'd, I wanted to know your opinion go on sorry I do have something about the game last night okay go on and you're going to love this Sam Allardyce this morning has claimed Eric Dyer was far better than Sergio Busquets last night Let's compare the two, shall we? You're going to love this. Busquets had a pass completion rate of 89.3% from 112 attempts. The Spaniard recovered possession 14 times and won 70% of his duels. Okay. Eric Dyer, on the other hand, completed 92.6% <coughs> of his total 27 pass attempts. 27 passes, are you serious? The Spurs man won just over a quarter of his duels, 28.6%, and didn't make any recoveries. <laughs> I'm glad Sam Allardyce is an England boss anymore. Yeah, Sam Allardyce. I don't think we need to talk about that for any longer. Um, I just thought you'd appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I do appreciate it, but Sam Allardyce is a fucking idiot. Yeah, um, Yeah. so Nations League, they were talking about this on 606. Um, do you... Um, Obviously, it's in, it's replaced international friendlies. Do you think that it is beneficial for England to be playing these games against the top sides when they're because for a few reasons? The first one is they're not uh, the friendlies allowed like new players to get caps and try new systems with new players and things like that. Um, on the flip side, it's given players competitive experience but he's still playing the same old teams all the time so if you were in charge of international football now would you are you happy with the Nations League do you would you change it in some way um, what, um, what would you do I think it's better for the viewers so I was saying last night there were like 70,000 people in the game there's a really sort of hostile atmosphere and at a friendly you don't really get that yeah. atmosphere um, it's a tough balance isn't it because like people had sort of stopped going to international friendlies like yeah. England's a team that are really well supported and Wembley was just not selling out whereas I think Nations League game against Spain pretty much sold out mm -hmm. uh, it's a tricky one I think you've got friendlies built in around it as well because obviously with three man groups like yeah. you can't like not all the teams can be playing um, so I think we'll have a few few more friendlies coming up into next year so I think it's just because we're at the start of the next two year cycle we can't really see the whole picture I yeah. think I think other players will get a chance because there are quite a few friendlies coming up so. there was two uh, what I thought were really good viewpoints on this raised on uh, on Friday night the first one was uh, that they should bring back the home nations Mm -hmm. tournament which would consist of uh, England Northern Ireland Scotland Wales and people were saying re get Republic of Ireland in there as well um, and create like a home nations tournament which mm -hmm. it would be like a league system winner gets a trophy players don't have to travel far um, the, the other thing was that uh, you play one game in the week it's on a Saturday night or Saturday afternoon uh, the players have three or four days with England during the week they play their game on the Saturday mm -hmm. and then they go back to their club do you think he 
I personally think playing one game on a Saturday afternoon is like the perfect way. <coughs> if you combine the two and you played mm-hmm. Scotland in a friendly on a Saturday afternoon, that's beneficial to everyone. You still get your game time. It's still like a competitive fixture. And also, it's uh, like it's going to allow you to have a little bit more time with your players because you're not travelling and you're going to be able to play maybe the obviously we're playing Scotland, Ireland, Wales uh, it, it's going to they're not like they're not the top teams so you're going to be able to play some of your younger play some of your younger players and whilst they're not the top teams England, Scotland is never meaningless yeah exactly I, I think that in terms of all the home nations and actually how often have we come unstuck at a tournament when we're playing a team that 99 times out of 100 we should beat yeah but we get unstuck because the other team get themselves up for playing England yeah exactly so interesting things to to <laughs> might mean we to, win an international tournament yeah, as well possibly yeah um, alright let's move on um, we put out two posts this week we wanted your suggestions in uh, England's worst 11 and your favourite kits ever uh, we're going to start and then I'm going to pose a question for next week for mm-hmm. people to get involved in and then we'll get on tiny tip and then you, then we can go England's worst 11 okay I'm going to shuttle down mine now have you got reasons mate I've got a manager a formation and a kit as well oh did you want a manager yeah I oh, mean that, well. that, that's obvious yeah okay my manager is Sam Aldice okay maybe not so <laughs> obvious um Okay, I, my team is a mix between players that should never have been called up and players that were just generally shit for England. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first one is Rob Green, playing in goal. He was my number two keeper. I've got a four-four-two formation going on. So I'm not going to go too in-depth, I'm just mm-hmm. going to tell you what my squad is. Rob Green in goal. Danny Mills at right-back. Mm-hmm. He nearly made my team as well. Paul Koncheski at left back. He was very close to making my team as well. Centre backs, Stephen Corker. Okay. And I'm going to get pelters for this. Phil Jagielka. Ooh, I can see why. I can see why. He was shit. Okay, my midfield. Now, I could have had a few different players here. Um, I, I decided not to put like Joey Barton in. Mm hmm. David Bentley on the right wing. Yeah, he was close for me too. Kieran Dyer on the left wing, just oh, to accommodate okay. him. Interesting. Jake Livermore uh-huh. in the centre of midfield and Lee Boyer in the centre of midfield. <laughs> this is amazing because my team's like completely different. Is it? Is yeah. It? Okay, and then up front, I think at least one of these will be the same. Francis Jeffers. No, he's so you nearly. You haven't got Francis no, Jeffers. He's so and nearly. David Nugent. Oh, they both were on my bench. Oh, really? We've got a completely but different team. Players that would have been on my bench, uh, like I say, uh, Joey Barton would probably mm-hmm. be there. Darius Vassell would be there. Um, so many centre forward options. Yeah. I had Shawcross on the bench. Yeah, Shawcross was on my uh, was on my list as well. Go on then, like rattle, rattle through yours. So, <coughs> manager Steve McLaren. Yes. Formation, 4-4-2, obs. Yeah. Kit, I've gone Euro 2016, white and blue kit, red socks. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the away kit was all red yeah. with blue, blue socks. socks. Yeah, I know, they messed it up. Uh, and it then, was like, you know that game where you have like, the the it's on like boxes and you flick it round and it yeah. changes the t-shirt that they're wearing and then you can change the trousers. It was like that and someone had like, Closed their eyes and moved it round, and then was like, and then was like, right, that's the England home kit. Um, like, blue socks with a white and red kit. <laughs> I think uh, that should be the next thing on FIFA that you can like tweak the short so it's like not. Yeah, oh yeah, that would be sick. Yeah. And then I've gone for the Euro '96 goalie kit. Oh, it's just grim. horrific. It's grim. It's grim. Goalkeeper okay, go on. Scott Carson, purely for that Croatia. Euro 2008 qualifier oh, that's harsh I think that's harsh because but he he hadn't played for England he, no, I he know, was literally brought in and he did that though. and he no it didn't <laughs> no it didn't he's literally just gone oh there you go into the top corner <laughs> go on then I cried after that game <laughs> right back for statistically the shortest England career of all time which it then involved him getting a Euro 2012 call up okay. Martin Kelly Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Left back, just because, for me, this 
was the definition of the mediocrity of Steve McLaren's reign, yeah. Nicky Shorey. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. Two cap. He played the first ever game at the New Wembley. That's depressing, really, isn't Depressed, it? Depressed, yeah. Ugh. Centre-halves, Zat Knight. Yeah, just Zat Knight shit. was up there, yeah. Just shit. Bolton legend. Yeah. <laughs> just shit. <laughs> and then I've gone for Chris Smalling because somehow he's got 31 caps. He's... Okay. That, he is shit. That, depre- that depresses me. <laughs> 31 caps. 31 caps. I'd be interested to see how many Phil Jones has got as well. Yeah, he was close, but I thought I couldn't have them both. Yeah, well, he could, and that would be literally the world's worst defence. Or Man United's defence. <laughs> <laughs> On the right of midfield, I've gone for Adam Johnson because he touches kids. <laughs> literally the only reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On the left of midfield, I've gone for Stuart Downing. Okay. 35 England caps 35 do you remember he got called up for Euro 2012 after a season in which he scored no goals and made no assists wow he is shit like he still plays for Borough doesn't he yeah wow central midfield Gavin McCann okay one yeah. cap wonder Bolton legend <laughs> and Tom Cleverley Tom Cleverley is also terrible 13 England caps wow one was too many I want to guess that you've put Kevin Davis up front. No. Nope. <laughs> he got nowhere. How dare you? How dare you? It was not his fault that he got called up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, up front, I've gone for Michael Ricketts. Okay. Who played for 45 minutes yeah. and was running around like a headless chicken. And it was... I mean, he'd scored like 12 goals for Bolton in that Premier League season. Yeah. And then he should never have been called up. <laughs> and then Jay Bothroyd. Jay Bothroyd yeah. for scoring like three goals in the championship yeah. and he got called up yeah that I mean both teams that I'd picked, like to see them play each other I would not <laughs> like to see that it would be horrific <laughs> that would be terrible yeah so what we want you to do is send in your worst England 11s there's a post on Instagram uh, you can get involved there you can tweet us at Jaffpod or hashtag Jaffpod with your worst England 11s we, did we Bobby Zamora ever play for England yeah, I, I think, think he, he might be a one-cap wonder. Yeah, possibly. We did have some suggestions for our... Uh, yeah, I saw Kieran Dyer was Kieran Dyer, Joey Barton were in there. Well, I've got Kieran Dyer in my, yeah. in my team. And then uh, this is, uh, this is uh, Dan Stokes that's commented this. Uh, Emil Heskey up front. How harsh is that? I think Heskey of the early 2000s shouldn't have been nowhere near that team because he was quality initially he, he, he just didn't know when to quit did he he just no. didn't know when to quit and uh, Elliot Chapman said that um, I, I just want to read this, these two comments because they're fucking brilliant uh, just to round off England really uh, how is Dyer in that squad what does he see in him I've not seen a good performance from him in his last two years what does wind me up is a professional footballer uh, on an absolute payday that can't kick a ball. <laughs> so, Eric Dyer would not be far away from my worst thing he's got at this moment in time. Okay, let's move on. Our favourite football kits. Now, I'm going to have to... I'm rubbish at, uh, at like remembering football kits. Mm-hmm. I remember Harif ones, and I remember Newcastle ones, and that's it. Are so they the I'm same go, thing, or not necessarily the same I thing? I mean, some of them... The banana kit, which I had with 27 Miller on the back. What was the one that was that the one that looked like a deck chair? At like it was the one that was yellow and yellow stripes. It was, yeah, it Ooh. was a wonderful kit. I had so many flies run, uh, flying around me at, <laughs> uh, at football practice. I have to admit. So I'm going to start with my two. I'm going to pick two. Mm-hmm. My two favourite kits. Um, my first one. And I'm going to get a picture of it up. England 2002. Oh, yeah. With the with the line down it. The mm-hmm. first England kit I remember. Uh, probably my favourite. Followed closely by, I have to admit, uh, the, the England kit that was after that, which was the one with the... With the collar. Yeah, collar the and then the badge the with the thing down the middle. Yeah, yeah. I like that one as well. And my other favourite kit the first kit I ever owned Newcastle United's away kit in the uh, 95-96 season mm-hmm. I had 14 Janola on the back if I remember rightly there it is it looks pretty much exactly the same as this season's kit 
apart from this is so much nicer um, there we are Whoa. how nice is that yeah very nice now, looks like a rugby top kit. Um, hoops but I don't give a shit so I'm going to buy it at Christmas time I'm well Lovely. excited go on then Joshy B your favourite kit it's my obviously an England kit has to be up there 1966 away kit the yes, red, just an nice. iconic strip. Um, now the other one that I like, and you'll know why it uh, sticks in my brain, was uh, another kit from the 2002 You're gonna World Cup. You're going to talk into Mike. Another kit from the 2002 <laughs> World Cup. Um, I'm just trying to find, and it was Cameroon, the vest top. The vest top. The oh, like wow. skin tight vest top. It was just. I mean, I I know why you like that. It just blew my mind when I saw it. <laughs> it Those are your two favorite kits. Yeah, the Cameroon vest top. Yeah, just for sort of like, just a bit different. <laughs> oh, I quite like. Um, I'm the surprised Bra- you didn't pick a, a an England top. I did. Oh well, a, a Bolton top. Sorry. I mean white. Yeah. <laughs> I mean red. <laughs> Yeah, but it's yeah. England won the World yeah, Cup yeah. in it. Fair enough, fair enough. Other sessions, suggestions we've had, you might want to get these up. Uh, Norwich's 2016 oh, looks like, kit. It's the one that looks like the bus seat. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, Joel, who posed this question, said that uh, buying Munich's 92, 1992 home kit uh, is up there. And now, I didn't know this kit until I had a look last night wow it's it's fairly cray uh, let me just get a picture of it up here You'll, I think you'll really like this Josh probably I do like cray kits oh yeah with like half stripes but half not let me f- see if I can find it properly it's that one there yeah very nice yeah it's cray isn't it I do like that and that I think was the away kit that year as well it's white oh, cool. with very the, nice. Uh, it's like same design. It's really nice. They'd okay. be buggered if they played Southampton. So, uh, I want to pose a question for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done mine, but I want you to do yours. If you had five, if you were in the World Cup final, mm-hmm. well, not the World Cup final, but like a final of some sort, and you had, you were in a penalty shootout. This comes after the quest, the question that we had a few weeks ago. Which five penalty takers would you choose? Like from any team, any generation, but mm-hmm. you had five penalty takers. I don't want your answer now. I want you to think about it this week. Okay. Um, and I want you guys to get involved as well, you listeners. Uh, f- so you're in a World Cup final or a, a, a Champions League final. You can have five penalty takers from any team, any generation. Who are those penalty takers? Have a think about that. I've got one for deaths, but uh, well, I have yeah, all five of mine, and I think I'm gonna, uh, and I'll be able to back this up with statistics as well. Okay. Uh, hopefully, if I, I bet I know who one of them is. Oh, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Cool. Um, okay, so for the listeners, I just did his goal celebration. Yeah, he did. Uh, okay, so last notice to take care of this week, I think. I Have I forgotten something? No. I just don't know what it is. So JB's Tiny Tip. Oh, I need to look at the games. I mean, I definitely have looked at the games. I just need to remind myself what they are. I mean, we've not been doing very well recently. Are we into no, minus we've lost yet? the last four, I think. No, no, we're not in minus yet. No, we've won three, lost three, I think. Yes, we have. We've lost the last three. I was so close this week. Yeah. I was so literally close. a post away or a bar away. Okay, so, right, so this week you have uh, a choice of some good matches. I mean, Saturday starts with uh, Chelsea Man United, which should be a good one. Uh, it could be Mourinho's last game. If it is Mourinho's last game, then we might do a special double podcast next week. Should we try and get him on? Where we get Mourinho on the podcast. No, uh, where we talk about Mourinho. And uh, okay. what's next? But we'll see. Depending what do you think about Leicester to beat Arsenal? So Leicester to beat Arsenal, which on is Monday. on Monday, is nineteen to four. Leicester to win. Is that good odds? That's like if we put a quid on, we'll get 
575. I mean, that's sort of in our ballpark, isn't it? Yeah. Do we think, or do we think? Well, it's up. It's your tip. Better option out there. I should. I don't think Leicester are going to be Arsenal. Yeah, but I'm I'm not sort of going for things that we think. It's sort of ones that are a bit cray to come off, isn't it? I think Cardiff to beat Fulham. Yeah, what are the odds on that? Good one. Seven to five. Um, mm, it's not great odds though, is no. it? No. Well, it's up to you. If you want to put Leicester on, I'll put Leicester on. What's Newcastle to beat Brighton? Uh, six to five. Mm. Um, I mean that will happen. Yeah, I know. So I don't, <laughs> don't want to bet on a sure thing. <clears throat> yeah. What about? Yeah, we'll go for Leicester to beat Arsenal. If you did Huddersfield to beat Liverpool, eleven to one. But that's just not going to yeah. happen. Okay, Leicester to beat Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium, bet placed. Any mm. other business to talk about this no. week? Can't wait for the I next round of international matches. I definitely can wait for that. Um, uh, we've done well to get an hour and five minutes out of this. Yeah. Um, Might actually Friday get more was, listens this I week. was thinking on fr- on Saturday I woke up and I was like what the fuck are we going to talk, <laughs> talk about on, on Tuesday that's why I did the research yeah. on the uh... um, but yes thank you very much Josh thank you and uh, yeah we'll, we might have a double double podcast next week we Maybe. might have a special podcast out episode 9 and 10 out in the same week but we'll see 9.5 9.5 yeah um, thanks for listening Get in touch at uh, JaffPod, at JaffPod and hashtag JaffPod. Uh, we're going to have a guest on next week. Oh, exciting. Uh, live in the room. Not live in the room. Ooh. Live in Morpeth. Cool. Uh, and it's not Paul Gascoigne. It's not Paul Gascoigne. It's uh, Barry Moat and uh, <laughs> Paul Gascoigne is going to bring him some swing ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So thank you very much for listening. Get in touch. Uh, get in touch with your top five penalty takers and we'll see you all next week bye